Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Everybody tonight, I gotta get a microphone. I had no microphone. Look at me go. <laughs> We're not live on YouTube yet. We will be right now. Uh... Hey, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Blended Life. I am Eric. This is my wife, Julie. And what? tonight's topics are... We have lots of topics tonight, yeah, right? We're or talking about family pictures. It's that time of the year. Finances. Feeling stuck in the middle between your children and your stepchildren. Okay. Um, what do you do when your stepchild is the source of your distress in your <laughs> life? <laughs> no relatable subjects here. What to do when the um, when your ex or the other bio parent is high conflict and just not following court orders? Ooh, that could be a tough one. Yeah, lots of good stuff. Okay, so where are we going to start off? So let's start off on family pictures. Okay. Just because it's, <laughs> we're dipping we're our at toes. The, we're at that bridge and we are about to cross it. Yeah. So, okay. you know, this is something that we're dealing with now. And it just made me think, I know that, you know, what do you do when one of the kids doesn't want to be in your family photo? Hmm. Now, we've not had one of, to be clear, we have not had one of our kids not Say to us, we don't want to be in your family photo this Mm -hmm. year. However, we do have one that's not responding. Yeah, she's um, (laughs) harder to come by. Now, she is the oldest. She has a lot more responsibilities in life and is (laughs) not. (laughs) It's an answering a question, yes or no. I'm sorry. I don't think it's an unreasonably unreasonable expectation. Oh, yeah. However, it just got me thinking, because what would we do? Like, say she didn't want to be part of our family photo yeah. for whatever reason, and she would have valid reasons. Totally. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't be, it would be disappointing, but it makes would me Would you be offended? I would not be offended. Yeah, me neither. I would totally Even, understand. Yeah. However, you know, people in blended families probably have older children or children who are really upset with the blended family dynamic and not really supportive that their parents went down this road. Right. And it made me think like, you know, that would be a hard pill to swallow for a lot of families because I think with family pictures, it's hilarious, right? We want one picture that makes us look like a, <laughs> like a, a whole, whole, yes. like a whole family. No, my favorite part about it is the coordinating <laughs> and everyone's dressing. Ridiculous. But yeah, I'm kind of like, hey, let's wear our pajamas and go. <laughs> Where you're like, we got to look a Coordinated way. pajamas. Yeah. If we're wearing pajamas, oh, we would have see? to have matching or something. Right. Um, so with not having the response, we've 
not we, <laughs> you have taken the liberty of gone ahead and got her a matching dress. Well, I match, did that. Which Let's, is which is awesome. Why did I do that? So she didn't have pajamas while everyone else had matching dresses. Well, I just feel like I ordered myself a dress. I ordered my daughter a dress. Right. So um, is she going to show up and she's the only one who didn't? Yeah, that wouldn't be fair either. No, That's no, not I'd, cool. Yeah. But it's also not fair to get a response back. Like, it is frustrating to be like, I just want to <laughs> know your size. And if you want to be in the picture, yeah. crickets. It's kind of like. Uh, crickets. So, you know, and those are, you know, money's been spent. Yeah. That's she okay. may hate uh, whatever, it, but but the thing is, it's like I, I'm also not offended if she didn't want to be not because, I don't know. I think family pictures are just a, a snapshot in time of what your family they're, looks like, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're once a year that we send a card out to everyone that we know. Yeah, I mean, but we keep our family pictures up in our home. We do. You can't if you see them. They're over yonder. You can see our last years. Oh, um, if you're of. watching on YouTube, they're oh, kind of behind the there. Side. No, it's not. Um, but you know, we display them in our home and it's, I love, I love family pictures. I think all women love family pictures. What are you going to wear? I told you women, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, but then hers is a unique situation. Like, you know, if it was my daughter, she would have no choice. Right. A 16, 19, you know, if she's living in our home and, right. and you know, but that's not the case. This and isn't the case. She's, it's different she, situation. Yeah, she doesn't here. live in our home. Nope. She, um, and has a hard time. Like also children have to understand too, like we can't expect kids to feel a certain way about our family dynamic. Right. You know, you can, you can't force that on them. And if they don't feel like comfortable as part of your family, then, it's sad, but you need to respect that. I think that especially when they get older, and it is like if if there's a child absent for anyone, you know, you're just it's a mark in history of how it was, and yeah. that's just kind of is what it is. I wonder if she'd ever come on and talk about it, like just the dynamics of the blended family, because it's um, it's one of those things that she's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place in multiple situations. Totally. And um, she's got, it's so hard. I mean, she's got, she's pulled in so many directions and not even and by I'll, parents, but internally, I yeah, would feel like. Yeah, and then also not even on top of her yeah. just normal daily, you know, life duties of going to school. She has a job. In the summer, she had two jobs, you know. Um, she's a very responsible kid. Now she's she's trying out for stunting for, um, you know, for the athletics club. Um so she's got a lot going. She does a lot of babysitting. She, you know, she's just, she's a responsible kid. She's doing a lot of things. And <laughs> for her, you know, it's kind of like, hey, just get, just get back to us. Let us know. But it's a literally a half a second text. Yes or no. Yeah. But like, I don't care how busy you are. You can, it's just respect. Yeah. Like, I don't excuse. Maybe she don't respect that. us. Maybe. that's You <laughs> know, kidding. but I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't even be mad. I know. For how she feels. You know what's funny, I though? She'll probably show kids. up and she'll be like, ah, no big deal. Like, whatever. Yeah, let's do this. Like, she's very just easygoing. Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I wonder, though, how other people deal with these types of things. If they, if they do have these problems where it's like they have to fight their kids in order to get the so so yeah so, or so deal let's with say the hypothetically effects, yeah right? say hypothetically she was like i don't want to do this right and it hurt your feelings like what are you gonna do about it do you you know this is your biological so this is your biological daughter and she's like mom i don't want to be in these family photos what are you gonna do 
I dropped that on you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't see myself allowing my daughter to be peace outing on family photos. Yeah. What if she kicks and screams, doesn't do her hair? Then I haven't raised her. Then I haven't raised her correctly. Oh, okay. Truly. Like if I'm raising that (laughs) kind of disrespectful child, then I haven't raised her. Is that that like an eye opener where you're like, all right, now I have to like completely come back to the drawing board and Um, hopefully. I don't know. That's a tough one. Part of me, you know, the reactionary side of me is like, well, then we're not doing family pictures right now. Oh, then then we're not even going to have family pictures. Then, okay. You know, or you and I would do, we would do <laughs> Christmas card from us and no kid. No, that's or not Or you fair know what either. the workaround is on I this? I don't know. You, you take pictures throughout the whole year and you make <laughs> yourself a collage, <laughs> right? And you go through and you're yeah. like, okay, this is, we'll take a nice one of us. That and would then be. This is this kid and this is this kid. And then you do the old person traditional thing where you write out a list of what all the kids did all year. Oh my gosh. We will never be those people. Not no knocking it. I just have no time for that. I would freak out. (laughs) Most blended families don't. I'm sure. Um, But you know, I really love, like I will say last year it was a complete family picture. It was awesome. And it was a fun, we did multiple fun ones, but the year before that it wasn't trying to remember what the year before was. But anyway, yeah, last year was a Chris lot of fun. Chris took pictures mm. out Thanks, in the woods. Chris. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The woods, we sound out creepy. In the woods. You know, but I mean, it does. It feels like a piece is missing, and it, it sucks to look back on. I mean, we I can speak from experience. We've had both instances where we've had missing child, all children, and yeah. it's a wonderful thing to look, you know. And I know, like, kids say they don't care. But I 99% can guarantee you when one of those children walks into your house and you have frame pictures up and they're not included, that stings a little bit. Now, whether they're going to admit that or not, pro- I mean, you know, depending on the child, but it is heartwarming to walk into a home and feel included. Even when I walk into your parents' home and there's a picture up of my kids or a picture up of us or me, because I came in you know, my kids and I came in way later, right? But the fact that they include my kids and I in your parents' family home, I it makes me feel welcomed. It matters, you know, and little things like that. Um, it's really special to me, right? Like the car you bought, because every time you flip down the visor, they had put a picture of you in the visor, custom what? picture of you. So you just thought it was the greatest car ever. So you're like, I'm going to buy this. They took the liberty... What are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about it's right now. It's a blonde joke. It's your mirror. Oh, my God. More crickets? Yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> More blonde jokes? Oh, my gosh. Anyhow, um, but pictures matter, and I know it's it's a, kind of a, a sore subject, but it would really, I guess it would, we would do family pictures. It would bum me out. Yeah. You know. And I would let her know that. I wouldn't be like, oh, okay, no big deal. Um, but if it was I really like I just want like her to feel included in everything. I yeah. don't ever, and it's just, it's a, our situation with her is just different than most people's. Yeah. Anyway. Well, end of the day, though, I don't think that even is a situation. I think she just. No, it just made me think, like, what if. Yeah, no, you're totally. And then other blended families probably have situations where older kids, you know, you get, you get. You enter into families when you're 16, 17 years old. Yeah, and those kids are like, wait, I'm not having any part of this. Yeah. And that's a really hard, a really hard thing to navigate. So I don't know if you guys want to write me and tell me 
if you've run into the situation and how you guys navigate it or what you think and how it feels. And if you're part of a blended family, you know, also do your in-laws have pictures of their step-grandkids up? And how do you feel about that? Yeah, I we've, think we've actually done, oh, they weren't part of our family photos, but we did some with um, both of our parents as well. And right? we probably will this year too. Yeah. They'll all be there. We. So anyway, cool. something to consider. You said writing into you. Um, I want to start doing giveaways. We've talked about it a little bit. <laughs> so maybe we don't start this week, but let's get a platform. Let's Let's do like Instagram giveaways. And let's do um, Facebook. Let's do Instagram. Let's do Facebook. And let's do YouTube. Holy moly. We're going to so buy if you a guys lot are of li- stuff. If you guys are listening to this, we're going to start doing some giveaways. So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And if you're new to one of the platforms, let us know. Say, hey, what's up? I'm you new. Can see, you, you know you can subscribe to, subscribe to the website, too. And actually, oh the website's awesome. It has all the same. It has the blog on the website. So things that I write that aren't found on Instagram or Facebook. But also the blog, we're keeping. Um, there's a tab that's called, like, I forget. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I forget it's the website I built. Um, but it's like it's got resources. It's a resource tab. And there's articles in there that are helpful, I think, in blended life and in life in general. So if you haven't been to our website, go check it out, theblendedlife.net. I'll go check it out. Go the, the funny thing out. about this is. You've never seen it. I'm the website builder here. He's, yeah. And you built our website. <laughs> it's really weird. Okay. <laughs> there's reasons why I don't go to our website. That's right. No, it's, it's awesome. Like, your blog is very you know, good. She's an excellent writer. I just like to make lots of jokes. He likes to put me down. It's I don't. funny. It's not, I'm not even Anybody else? Down. Your writing is awesome. Yeah. Okay, moving on, though. Blended finances. So, this is a topic that when I had, put, I put out there every so often, like, suggest a topic or what do you want to yeah. hear us talk about? And this was one was just blended finances, things to consider before you get married. With finances. Now, we did a podcast on finances and we don't, we keep our finances separate. That's our choice right now. It may not always look that way. Um, but for now, that's what we're doing. And you can go look at, listen to that podcast should that interest you, why our reasoning is for that. But things to consider before you walk down the aisle. Finances are tricky. I, I have friends who have blended families and they commingle finances. And so what I would say is if you're going to do that, you're going to kind of have to let, con- let go of control. Like, you know, p- the resentments build up if you're shelling out money to kids and you don't both agree on it. Or your one's paying child support and or the other one's gaining child support. I mean, there's so many variables to that, right? Yeah. And you have to think long term, like when it comes to buying, you know, how cars or college or weddings, like I'm not even talking about immediate things, but long term things daily. Yeah. You know, and then there are birthdays and Christmas. Like, are you, you know, how is money going to be shared in the family needs to be your number one question before you decide if you're going to keep it separate And a lot of times it's just cleaner that way, less to fight over, not a whole lot of resentments, you know, and you help each other out. But then it starts spilling over because then it's like dinner tonight, you know, lunch tomorrow, all these start spilling over. It's kind of like forever dating. And what's funny about that (laughs) 
is I like on Venmo, I'm private, but yeah. I see everyone else's around me. Same. You know, and I'm Same. like, you guys are paying each other for like you're you're a married spouse and you're paying each other for food. You know, I see like the baby emoji, you know, and like a bottle. You saw that today and, too. Did you see? The, yeah. Um, it's just stuff like that where I'm yeah. like, man, like this well, is our kid, which is also like this is our family. So, so you and I, when it comes to dinner, it's not like, well, I'm going to pay half and you're going to pay half, and you know, um, it's like, hey, I'll pick this up, yeah, I'll pick this up. You know, we take turns and you know we we discuss you know financials at the points and kind of know where each other is, but. It totally can spill over, right? Yes. And I think that if you're going to keep your finances separate, you are still married. So you help each other out. Regardless. Yeah. Regardless. Not like, man, you're down on your luck. I think, but that, though, these are discussions that you need <laughs> yeah. to have. Like if you're going to keep your finances separate, what's your plan when someone loses a job, someone loses a source of income, you can't afford bills, you know, are you going to be okay shouldering all that while the other spouse isn't contributing? If you're going to share finances, you need to discuss things like how you guys are going to pay for kids that are his and hers. And then also consider if you are having kids together. If I think if you're having kids together, if we were like, we're going to have our kids together, I would have been more like, let's join finances. Yeah. But if you don't have kids together, sometimes it's just easier not to. And then, you know, less to... Less to fight over yeah, or argue or whatever. One of the viewers is asking what, um, let me see, which of you have the kiddos on your health insurance? So um, if you're married, it can be on, it can be on any health, either health insurance, right? Yeah, um, we, our family, aside from your stepdaughter, daughter, mm-hmm. is. Because she's not. Legally, I'm not legally tied to her, and that's the only reason. And I'm legally tied to my stepson through marriage. So right now we are on we, my kids, my stepson, you, me are all on the same insurance plan through my work. Right. Um, and that's what we do. But I think I think she's asking like say say works, which is kind of fun. Um, the way that it works out, but say both who's paying for it? No, both. Yeah, but both. Um, you know. His insurance company or her his his place of employment, her place of employment, they both offer health insurance, you know. Who flips a bill for that, you know? Well, I think like what we do with okay, so that just becomes a shared bill. So you each pay if you're keeping finances separate, then you you split it up accordingly. And you, you know, like we split so what we do is we have a, an itemized sheet. So it's like our housing's always the same. Our food, yeah. grocery ish is the same. Gas, our, electric, our yeah. household bills, things that we share. You know, we have it itemized, and then we divide in by two. And then I bring to the table my half. He brings to the table his half. And then our bills get paid because we both contribute. We both work. We both have income. So that might be different for you guys. You know, if you're one person's working, one person's not, you might want to, if there's one income, share finances. If you're both making your own money, you know, um, we just split bills down the middle and then everything else, like I'm responsible, like I, not responsible, but I take care of my kids' expenses, whether it's co-pays or um, that was like clothing. A big part of my day, like 
copay stuff and yeah. activities yeah. and I'm, I'm working on yeah. oh, finances activities, with extracurricular activities. Right. I pay for all my kids stuff. You pay for your children's things yeah. like, so, but also like going back and like, we're not tied to Venmo at all, but like a good little plug here. <laughs> Venmo. Um, it's so awesome. I mean, because like, honestly, like an hour of this morning, I am dealing with my ex, I'm co-parenting and we're talking about bills and co-pays be- you know, between our son. So, I'm Venmoing her stuff. She's Venmoing me stuff, which is kind of funny because at the end of it, I think there was only a $12.50 difference <laughs> between, <laughs> you know, of what went, what, what direction. But this will kind of jump over to a topic in a little while, but the court ordered stuff, mm-hmm. this helps your paper trail. This helps you show, look, I've paid my way. I've paid, I've paid my half for my kid if you're a 50-50 custody and are we still plugging Venmo? <laughs> yeah, but Venmo oh makes my it, gosh. Venmo makes it super easy and really doesn't cost anything, you know, versus like PayPal or, you know, s- stuff like that. Yeah. So Venmo super easy. Um, and it just, it's just kind of funny how that works out. You know, most people, yeah. you know, in years before us didn't have that type of luxury. They were writing checks and, you know. Anyways. Yeah, we are very lucky to live in the digital technology family life driven world um so insure i mean so fine so things to consider before you married yeah health care anything that money is going to be spent on you know um discuss finances like when kids are 18 okay are we footing the bill for kids after 18 are they allowed to live at home because that's something that looms for a lot of blended families who are excited for their stepkids to move out and stepkids don't move out they stay put are we expecting them to get a job? Are we footing the bill? If you're sharing finances, what I see a lot from people and I've heard a lot from people is sh- people who share finances feel upset and resentful that they're having to, any of their money is going into a deadbeat stepchild who has no job. Is that a thing? And, yes. A deadbeat stepchild? That's that is awesome. like not not in school, not contributing to I've the I've heard household. of the redheaded stepchild. I've never heard of the deadbeat stepchild. <laughs> it's a That's new shirt. Awesome. But, you know, it somebody... It comes extra baggy, all stretched out collar. But, like, this is a thing. <laughs> right. You know, kids who won't move out, who are living at home till they're 26, no job, not helping out around the house, not contributing to household bills, not in school. I mean, that would cause a lot of marital issues, I would assume. <laughs> Right? Uh, yeah, I would uh, yeah, I would assume. But that would be something to talk about before you cuz it may not financially matter to you when you get married and the kids are 2 and 4. Yeah, you're not thinking about but that. But please understand at some point that's going to be a road and if you guys at least have had that discussion, you have some basis for you know, how you're going to financially deal with that. Because finances is one of the number one things that breaks up marriages, blended family or not. Right. And so you need to figure out with your spouse before you, your fiance, before you walk down the aisle, what is the path of least resistance for you two? It's going to look different for every family because your financial needs, your financial situation, jobs, all that's going to look very different. But the hard discussions that you can have and the plans that you can lay out beforehand will just set you up for success. It's really hard when you are in it and you find out something that you can't take back and you, you know, you're not going to get divorced over and you just kind of have to swallow sand. That's a really tough spot to live in for the rest of your life and live resentful and upset and feeling, you know, whatever negative feeling that is. 
So I think you need to be financially responsible before you get married. Yeah. And that means having discussions, right? Yeah. Well, you know, when getting married and having a family, you know, you're supposed to kind of die to yourself and live for your spouse, live for your family, you know? So part of that is financially, you know, maybe having different spending habits and, um, Oh, spending habits. Yes. When you share finances, spending habits are watched a whole lot more and cared about a whole lot more than if you keep your money separate, you know, then as long as you're paying half the bills, I don't really care what you do. (laughs) Which is why we don't split. We (laughs) have very different spending habits, but we know that about each other. We do. You know, we knew that going into this and, and we're both working on it though. It's interesting. I, we're both bettering ourselves. But I don't think right? either of us are Currently? that that nitpicky about it. Anyways, it's kind of... I think it would be if we shared finances. Do you? Yeah. Huh. It's yeah. weird. I'm very, like, <clears throat> money... Not money... Not money-driven at all, but I'm very money-conscientious. And I think about it, and I... Like how you're a planner, I'm, I'm very much a money planner. Like, um, how things go. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, but you have to understand, like, I think financially, like, quality of life with finances. Like, what are you putting your money into? Now, I dug myself in a hole trying to live life to the fullest and having experiences. And, you know, and that's what I value, right? I value going and doing things, going and seeing things, like, go, you know, getting out and doing things. And so that's where my money, if I could do that, I'd be gone every weekend, Somewhere fun, somewhere new, having experiences, well, I hope right? You send us postcards. Right. But that's, you know, I was financially immature and irresponsible. But that is, but my point is, is so like financially, what I would put my money towards would be that. I would assume you would choose different things to put your money into as your primary source of like fun. It depends. You know, I'm very, I don't have like one specific thing. I have lots of, different things as you know and yeah but your majority of our money goes to you know certain things like the majority of your income goes to a certain place sometimes but it's not a tax write or I mean it is a tax write off <laughs> no I'm just kidding um I'm, you know yeah um so but yeah but it's also not getting ourselves into situations that we can't ever get out of I'm very aware of where my situation is and your situation. And I'm always, I'm always strategically planning like, okay, like you came to me a couple months ago. I want to get out of debt. I'm feeling like I'm in over my head and I'm not loving this feeling and I want to get out of debt and helped you come up with a plan, right? Yeah. I think we're executing it pretty well. Yeah. You've knocked out a huge chunk of it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how my brain works when it comes to finances. Now, like I said, I'm not completely financially driven but it is kind of what keeps us alive <laughs> you know in a sense you know I don't want to be homeless I always want to be able to eat I always want to be able to go places you know so you yeah. you got to be very aware of it so to n- say you don't care about finances at all is kind of irresponsible also so you kind of have to find yeah out. if somebody tells you that don't believe them I don't care about money you know I, yeah. yeah whatever also you, talk you about to. like end of you know, if you're marrying somebody, you're supposed to be with them the rest of your life. So you talk about and the, you know, talk about what age do you, kit. what age do you want to work to? What's your retirement look like? 
you know, do you guys plan to, because I know like. What my, age do you want to live to? Well, my parents, you know, are going to probably work until their dying day. Yeah, but they don't need to, you know. But I'm just saying, but that might be how you're they driven. Love to. You might be driven that way. Not you specifically, but you're, no, the person I'm, you're marrying yeah. might really love to work. And that's like their plan to their dying day. And you're marrying somebody who's like, hey. 55, I want to be on the beach in Costa Rica. So we need to figure it out. And so those are the kind of financial discussions too that you need to have along with, you know, shared finances, but like future plans. You know, where do you see yourself at 55, 65? Do you want to retire? Are you great working? You know, are you going to have a savings account? Are you going to, what are you going to do with a savings account used for? Are we going to touch it ever? You're going to buy a little fishing boat in Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> You know, is it used for household stuff? Are we really not touching it? Can we dip into it for college education for one of the kids? I don't know. But these are the discussions that drive couples apart later on in life because they haven't really talked about it beforehand. Yeah. So number three, moving on. Um, what do you do when your stepchild is the source of your distress? And what I want to say about this is this is from somebody that I know and I want to clarify that distress does not mean hate. So it's not even like, what do you do when you hate your stepchild, right? But oftentimes, stepchildren, I think your own biological children, you're immune to. Like, you change your kid's diapers, you're not puking. If I had to change somebody else's kid's poopy diaper, I'm vomiting in the corner. What about my poopy diaper when I'm an old man? You're going to have to use your hand. Oh. Sorry. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm just saying, so I think that a lot of behaviors and stuff, you know, I get talked to a lot of step moms and dads who are like, my kids don't bug me, but my stepkids just drive me crazy. And what I will say is like, I think that you're wired that way, right? Your biological children, you are just more immune to. Their stuff doesn't annoy you as much. You've grown up with them. You're used to it. Stepkids, it's a new situation. You're not used to it. You're not wired naturally to love them and nurture them like that's all learned behaviors and behaviors you've got to train yourself so distress my point is distress doesn't mean hate so when I read this question I'm thinking the source of your distress that's a really hopeless statement yeah because you're hanging a lot on that you're hanging your happiness on that from, from what I get out of it you're hanging your happiness on it you're hanging, you know, kind of your well-being, your family's well-being on it. And yeah. that's really, you're now allowing that child to dictate your emotions. And your emotions go so much further than just you. They're going to spill out onto your spouse, um, the child that's causing you that issue, and any other children that are in the house. And then you're probably going to take it elsewhere with you. You know, it's going to spill out onto your friends because you've got to vent about it. You're going to want to talk about it. You know, and you're now allowing this child to dictate so much unhappiness. Right. But I think that a lot of people feel this way. And it's not like you can escape your own household. And it's not like you're going to divorce your spouse over it. Or you might. A lot of people do. They can't take it. Um, But say you're like you're committed to your marriage. You're not going anywhere. You can't move out of your own home, but you don't want to be in your own home because you can't escape your stepchild. What what advice do you have for somebody who's just like, 
the stepchild's a constant source of distress and upset and disrupt in their lives. Like, how do you deal with that? Take it upon yourself. Like, so if this kid is causing problems, they're disruptive, they're disrespectful, and this is your stepchild and your spouse isn't doing I I wouldn't even say anything, but maybe not doing the right thing in your opinion about it. Then you need to basically step to the plate. You are at that point, you are a step parent. So the name parent is in there, right? So I think at that point, you need to step in and be like, look, if this isn't getting done because the biological parent isn't taking care of it and this child is still having these issues, you need to take it upon yourself to try to mitigate and fix that situation. Right. Otherwise, you're just going to live in this because someone else isn't doing it for you. Right. Like, so let's take some initiative and let's let's figure out what the problem is, why this is happening and figure out a solution. Maybe with that kid, how we're going to fix this. Like, look, you know, you you sit down at the dinner table and, you know, we're having issues. You know, you won't talk to me. You won't look me in the eye. And it's really bugging me. You know, let's have a conversation, you know, maybe try to get in with the kid. Right. Yeah. What happens when the your your spouse and the biological parent doesn't support you? So like, you're does your it spouse and their ex? No, I'm just saying like the kid's biological parent slash your spouse. Mm. You're the step parent. Yeah. So, OK, that's all fine and well. You go to bat. Right. You're yeah. you're trying to do the right thing and it's not supported. I mean, because here's the deal. Like kids always look to their parents naturally. Right. And so if the parent isn't going to back the step parent, it's it's you you're to, just banging your head against a you need wall to have for a, fun. Yeah, you need to have a plan. Run it by the step or run, run it by the biological parent. So what happens run it by if your the spouse. parents like, no, I don't agree with that? Well, that, that, I'm going to pay $15 a week, right, for nothing. $15 a week? So I'm going to give allowance of $15 a week to my kid, and the kid has to do nothing. I mean, even though we have a chore chart, oh, oh, I'm just oh. saying for instance. Okay, I, you lost. I didn't know that this had to do with chores. Okay, I'm so doing a for see, instance of <laughs> not it. backing. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> There's a mirror in your car with a picture on it. You didn't mention. Did she mention chores before the $15 no, was out of no, I get You're it right. now. Yes, I get it now. But when you hit me up with $15, I'm like, wait, who has $15? Not me. <laughs> but, um, so like a, for instance would I found be $3 floating down the road the other day. I stopped the car, pulled over. I just saw money floating down the road. I pulled the car over. Actually, I was pulling a trailer, <laughs> a dump trailer. <laughs> and I pull over and I go, is that money? I hop out, go collect it. There was money blowing down the road. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt. Are you done? Oh, yes. Yes. Please don't interrupt me. I don't want to interrupt yes, you. Yes. Thank you. Now she doesn't. <laughs> um, well, that was an important story. I so wanted was it to mine. have it. No, that's what it was financial gain for that's our family. That's why I didn't interrupt you. I, uh, yes, I know. You're welcome. Yeah, I'll get I'll split it with you. Um No, but so what if one so say step parent doesn't think their stepchild should be earning an allowance for doing nothing. There's a chore chart that's agreed upon, but does not get touched. Right. Biological parent gives kid $15. Hey, you know what? Every, like, what do you do? And, and that's a shared finances or, question. 
Yeah. They share finances. Well, you know what? Like, what do you do in that case? Like, that's a source of distress. So you th- go get yourself an extra large coffee. Or sorry, what are they? A Ooh. grande? A, gr- a mucho grande. It's a vente. A vent, sorry. Or a venti. I don't know. <laughs> however you say it. <laughs> you go get yourself a, a vendi. Hey, Brooke. And just forget about it. It's 15 bucks. Like, yes, that sucks. Per week. But we, this is no, like, I get it. I get it. I totally do. I, I mean, this isn't my situation. So, but this is what we mean by distress, right? Yeah. Because this is one example of fifty. Right. But also, 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 don't let these small little things add up to so much that it is taking over your life. You know, and That's I know a it's hard. One. It's so much easier said than know. done, right? <laughs> but also, look, one day they're going to be eighteen. You know, one day they might be 26, but one day 82. they might move out of your house or one day they might not. And at that point, they wait you yeah. out till you die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they've got life insurance on you. Yeah. Now, now, if your stepchild takes out a life insurance policy on you without, you knowing, <laughs> be concerned. Can you do that? You can. You could take a life insurance totally policy out on anyone. Yeah. That's something that financially you should talk about. I had a financial... Um, a financial, I have a life insurance policy and I had it before I knew you. Right. If you have something like that in place, you should probably talk to like your spouse that you're marrying. Hey, I have this in place and these are the beneficiaries. <laughs> and if it's for a lot of money and they're overly interested in it. <laughs> <laughs> Take note. Take note. <laughs> um, but that's another financial discussion to have. I think that's important because is your spouse going to be offended if you want it to go to your kids and not your stepkids? Mm. Is that going to cause a problem? You're dead, so whatever, you know. But, you know, like Mm -hmm. who's, you know. I know you have a life insurance policy. Mm -hmm. However, you and I have never, like, discussed details of it. Like, even like. Yeah, we don't follow our own advice. Which is kind of funny. Well, because we started this after we were married and we're like, we should have done this before. Yeah, so so we're learning from our own mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, but like discussions you need to have. I don't know. Is that offensive if you want your life insurance policy to go to your kids? Should they go to all the kids? Should it go to the spouse and the spouse dole it out? Should you let another family member do it? I don't know. There you go. These are discussions to have. They're great discussions to have. Yep. Well, we have um, a lot to talk about. Oh, my gosh. So the source of your distress. You know, here's what I would say about that. Have hobbies, right? If you're distressed about anything in your household, whether it's your stepchild, you know, your job, whatever it is, um, you need to counteract that, especially if you decided you're staying married, you're not going anywhere, you're ride or die. Um, and that's the way it should be. You, but you need to take care of yourself, right? So you need to get a hobby, exercise, have friends. Um, if you don't want to be home and tell your spouse, I mean, you know, married is good, bad, and ugly. And sometimes it's really important to tell your spouse, look, I don't want to come home. At least that's honest. <laughs> yeah. I, right? No, like, it don't is. Don't you think you should tell? Because what happens is you don't tell your spouse that. Fast forward, right? You can't be honest and tell your spouse the hard truth. You bottle that up. You tell somebody else. I think that's Somebody kind of- else like hooks into that. And you know, this is how affairs start. Well, you know what? You know? But, yeah, but I also, I think that's like kind of the lesson in the story is be honest about this. Talk about this. If something's bothering you. Bring it to the table. You know, talk to your spouse. Yeah. Keep those lines of communication open. And your spouse might want, not want to hear. They might just dis- defend their child to the Which depths. is so hard. 
It's so hard to be that. And then we've both done it. Yeah. It's so hard when you're like, this is bugging me. This is wrong. And But at least it's out there. At least it's something to think just, about. Yeah. You know, at least you didn't not say anything. I'm talking about it's hard to have your spouse defend a child. Oh, totally. But at when, least it got talked about. <laughs> and I'm yeah. sure it'll it'll take away. You know? Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm pretty quick to defend, usually. But as she... The beginning of the podcast. Go listen. Uh-huh. They're listening. Okay. <laughs> no, we both are. But you it, defend your kids. But it wears away do. and you think about it. And you totally start thinking about it. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like, I mean, even at the beginning of us, even six months ago, I feel like I'm a lot more understanding and lenient now. And in the whole, the whole reason why is because we've talked about it. You've voiced these things to me. So I've listened. And it's not something that happens from one conversation, or at least not in our household, that happens just overnight from one conversation. But it's things that take time and, and they take practice. Yeah. So if we're talking about it and you're you're voicing your issues and I'm voicing my issues, eventually we kind of come to a common ground. Yeah. And I will say, and I've been in this position and I still I still do this because there is nothing more offensive to talk about than somebody else's children. And so a lot of times blended family marriages, a lot of the conversations by nature are offensive. Like if I bring something up and I don't want to offend my husband, I don't want to hurt my husband's feelings. I don't, I don't, this is why I don't talk a lot. You know, like you, you say that I don't share things with you because a lot of my Most of it's going to hurt my feelings. (laughs) It's offensive stuff. Yeah. And I don't love that. And I certainly don't want the aftermath of saying something really offensive because it just is. It's my truth, but it's super offensive right. and vice versa. But on the flip side too, though, it's there's nothing more painful than watching your wife or your spouse carry something around that you know something's bothering them. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll have a hunch, but you don't know exactly what it is or what, you know, the full details. Right. But you know something's going on, at least yeah. if you're in tune. And now all of a sudden they're carrying this around and you're like, dude. Yeah, he's speaking for me. I do this. I do this. I don't eat. I own it. Um, So, (laughs) hi, Riley. (laughs) Riley and Brooke are listening. But Riley says. Hey, guys. I need to get a hold of you. (laughs) Yeah, Riley. Eric's going to contact you someday. Um, He's Riley says, I'd rather be hurt by the truth than hurt by a lie. That's it. Just talk about it. Every guy least, just stood up and cheered. Yeah, at least it's <laughs> out there. Amen. Uh, yes, but I hate the <laughs> but, fight. Yeah, like, truly, but because, you can't hide behind it because if there's no fight, it, 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 doesn't, even always, it doesn't always have fighting. to be a fight. It doesn't always have to be. <laughs> okay, she'll always make it a fight, but it doesn't always have to be. And <laughs> if it is like, hey, you know what? At least you're talking about it. It might be a fight then, but maybe later it won't be another fight. But if you just hold it in, that resentment's always going to just be with you. Yeah. My fear about communicating about offensive stuff is it just gives birth to new resentments that weren't there before. That's a real thing for me. Anyway, so it is choose your battles. It is, you know, what can you live with? Because a lot of things you have no power to change. When you're talking about offensive stuff, right? You can't change who people are. You can't change exes and what they're going to do. And 
Um, and so I would also say, you know, choose your battles, you know, because it does it, it, you know, but if your it's resentments grow. Yeah. Man. But if it's it, exactly, if it's something that is just growing, you need to get it out. You totally, totally need to talk about it. Don't carry this around in your relationship. Otherwise it's just going to bring your relationship down. Yeah. And what I'm guilty of often is I don't bring it up till I break. And then, and then she then wants to fight about it. Yeah. And then I'm just done and I'm mad. And which is so unfair because I'm like, wait, I didn't even get my chance. Come on, Mr. Schiff, let me talk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Political jokes. Okay. I'm gonna read <laughs> we a just question. Lost half the subscribers. Yeah, half yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so I'm gonna the next one, the next topic that we have tonight is how to deal with being in the middle of your biological children and stepchildren. And I let this person, (laughs) I let this person know I was going to, we were going to discuss this on air and I was going to read this. I think you had it right. You're going to discuss it. I'll be here for support. Good. Okay. So she writes in one of our listeners. um, So I have a situation with a children. My boyfriend is coming to my place for Thanksgiving with, with his three kids. Oldest is his daughter, 16 and son 14, and then son 12. Now he has his partial custody. Okay, so now he has partial custody of his kids, so it's week on, week off for him, and his job requires him to be gone from 3 a.m. to 1 p.m. So the oldest, his oldest daughter, 16, is the one who takes charge in the house to make sure her brothers get up in the mornings and make the bus for school and so on. It's a lot of responsibility. Right. Okay, so for everything else, she basically takes on the role as mother to them, but is still 16. Mm -hmm. So so the adult aspect of the actual parent isn't there. Like, she is not, obviously, she's not an adult. Yeah. Um, When I am around, she seems... To kind of hand that role over to me. Well, that's good. But is caught between being a big sister and acting as mom. Yeah. So when they are around, so when his kids are around her own children, what may seem to start as a sibling argument with them gets way out of boundaries because the mom, you know, the 16-year-old acting as mom is acting as mom to her kids too, also it sounds like. Gets way out of boundaries, and my children do not know how to take her or even want her to be around. Also, her father does not step in and take over dad position as I think he should and remind her that she's a child, not a parent. But that's hard because he puts her in that position. Well, you know what? Is there more on that? Yeah. So she says, I feel stuck between everyone. Well, the problem is... My children don't want her to come home from... My children don't want her to come for the holiday, and my older ones are saying that if she's there, they will step in and say something. That's her. That's that's the kids basically acting out like the attention, like the kids are noticing it. But the problem is there isn't boundaries there, and the dad hasn't set up boundaries with his daughter and actually has put another load of responsibilities on that never should have been the kids' responsibilities in the first place. And in order to fix this, it's not going to be a quick fix. It's going to be a slow burn that at least you're noticing and you're going to have to be the one who starts that 
that fixing process. And this may have been going on for a long time. And that fixing process might carry on into adulthood and it could cause, and I'm not a psychologist or anything, but could cause some psychological issues, you know, where she's acting a lot older than what she really is and not being allowed to be a 16 year old who has some, you know, mishaps and some misresponsibilities. And, you know, that's a lot of pressure. I mean, I'm 37 years old and, you know, those responsibilities are hard, you know, making sure that your kid's up for school, that they're bathed, that their homework is done, that food's on the table for them. Um, you know, that's a role of a parent. And he has basically handed this role over to his daughter, to, you know, to take over the other kids. So that's that's a hard place, but that's something that you should try to work on with her. And who kinda, should try to work on? The lady writing in. So she should try, because they're not married. This is boyfriend, girlfriend. Right. They don't live together. Right. So what is the expectation? But if she loves him and she's like, this is the man for me and this is who I'm going to marry and be with forever, you know, I mean, weigh that out too. Like, is this something you can live with? Or is this like, man, this is way past where I want to be as far as commitment goes. And I know that's where your, I feel like that's where your brain is right now. Right? Yeah. Well, because I just had to write a really tough letter to a listener who wrote me a really tough letter about a situation and they're not married yet. They're not living together yet. And I knew as I was writing it that she wasn't going to like my response. Um, you went all Dr. Laura on her. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like as parents, your first and foremost obligation is to protect your children so you have, that is your number one obligation. Your obligation, especially when your boyfriend, girlfriend, your obligation is not to your boyfriend, is not to your potential stepchildren. You know, your number one obligation is to your right. biological kids to protect now, them. Now, what about when you're married, though? Is that your number one obligation still? Um, well, like Dr. Laura said, it's a circle. This question was asked when we were there. What do you put first, kids? Or, and she didn't talk about blended families. But I think it was very true to blended families, too. Who do you put first, your wife or your children? She kind of just said it's a circle, right? And it goes around. So, you know, spouse, children, children, spouse. And it kind of just goes like that. When you make a commitment and a promise, it kind of does shift a little bit. But this is why it's marriage is important. Right, there's a difference between just dating and being married. And people to think that marriage doesn't mean anything, but it, it truly does. Like you're laying down your life for another person when you decide to get married. Truly, you're laying down and sacrificing your life for somebody else. And that does include their kids. And all the baggage that they're bringing with them. You have to understand that by marrying someone, that doesn't all disappear. It no. doesn't change. It doesn't soften the blow. You know, yeah. it doesn't make anything easier. So that's something that you need to think of now. But if it is something where you're like, man, I see, mm -hmm. yeah, I, you know, and how's the 16 year old? How, how is she dealing with this? You know, is this something that, you know, maybe talk to, hey, look at, you know, I, I realize that this is put on you, but you've got a lot going on. You know, I'll, I'll get the kids up for school. You go ahead and you, you sleep in, you get yourself ready. And but what she's talking about that is that there's, or, but that's not even the issue. The nope. issue right now is that her kids don't want her over. Right. And 
she doesn't know how to socially behave in a sibling setting because she is psychologically confused because she's mom and child. And she doesn't know, there's no clear-cut boundaries there. And I I think this is, I mean, first and foremost, right, I would have a shit fit if this were, if I were the biological mother of a dad who was doing, like, this would not be okay. Um, I don't think it's okay. I don't think it's okay to put that responsibility. Sometimes circumstances, you know, it's just not ideal and it's not good for the kid. So there's that. I think most everyone would agree with that, that that's just an unfortunate situation for this 16-year-old girl. But your kids, I feel like in this situation, you know, her kids eventually are going to feel like she chose him and his kids over them and their comfort. And you, you know, this is a source of distress that's probably never going to go away should you tend to cohabitate and get married because the amount of years that this child has had to have these responsibilities takes a profound effect and you can't just snap your fingers and it goes away right. regardless if you get married and you're cohabitating and now you're the mom. So then there's a power struggle between. I was to say, yeah, then that might cause some friction there too because, well, that's my brother and sister and I have to take care of them and this is the way that we do it and this is our habits and our schedule and. Yeah, that could cause a lot of issues. Yeah, so I just, there's a lot to be mindful of and navigate. And I would just, you know, I I still stick by that. Your first obligation is to your children. You know, why ruin their holiday? Especially in this situation where you guys aren't married, you haven't taken that leap yet. Yeah, maybe it's like, hey, we need to step back and, you know, yeah, listen to your kids. Because that's also the thing, too, is usually kids with with their biological parents, they're usually pretty honest. So if they're seeing an issue and they're, they're calling this issue out, you know, take it as a big red flag. Like your kids are having issues with this and it's not going to get any better until something changes and just listen to them. Otherwise it's going to be detrimental. Yeah. And you have to understand too, if your kids say something to her kids, how is your boyfriend going to react when there's like not even sibling war, but like kid war you know, that's super intense and everyone's going to protect their own children as they should. Um, and I, that just sounds like for a holiday recipe for disaster. <laughs> it's not how I would want to spend my Thanksgiving. It's not the Hallmark movie you'd like to watch this evening. No, no. And I just think if you can avoid conflict, especially this early on, you have these many red flags. I would, you know, y- y- I would listen to it. And either get a plan of attack it on the same page with your boyfriend and discuss how to get this 16-year-old either help or how to change the situation so she doesn't have to have these roles. Like, I think that's where your focus needs to be. Because if you can fix or help that situation, everything else might fall into place a little bit easier. And if this is your man and this is your person then that should be where your focus is too, is helping her step off that mother role and giving it time. And it's going to take a long time, time. years. You know, I wouldn't have an expectation that it's going to change, like I said, overnight. And when you cohabitate, it's probably going to get worse as far as, you know, tensions and fighting before it gets better. Yeah, now you're all living under the same roof. And yeah, there's just... 
it's, there's a big snowball effect there if, if yeah. it keeps rolling in that direction. But let's suspend reality and say, you know, they're married or you get, you know, get being, being in a blended family, married, stepkids in the house, biological kids in the house. I think a lot of people get stuck between the two. Oh, totally. And what do you do for, like, what is your advice for people who are stuck in between the two? What I've had to do is really look at it from all sides and not just be narrow-minded about a situation. You know, if someone says something in your family about someone else, you know, unless they're just being kids, you know, but if someone says something about someone else in your family, listen to them and try to understand and figure it out and take, don't just take one side, but listen to everyone's sides, you know, look at it from all sides. Yeah, that's true. Like, don't be reactionary. And that's, you know, gosh, I am super reactionary. And I find myself often having to slow my roll and to slow down. And I know I've, even today with you, I cut you off. I answer questions before you even get them out. And I think that I get so worked, you know, I just, and so that is my advice to people too, is slow down, take a beat, and really think about what you're going to say and how you're going to handle it before you do anything at all. And a lot of times situations have a way of working themselves out, you know. Yeah, and it's not one of those things that's just going to happen overnight. You know, practice. Start practicing things. If you know you want to change something about yourself, start practicing. I mean, no better analogy than a weight loss analogy because everyone understands that but you know i mean but it's it's probably one of the biggest topics in anything you know if you want to lose weight you're not going to go lose well let's give a big number you're not going to go lose 100 pounds in a day you're not going to lose 100 pounds in a week you're probably not going to lose 100 pounds in a month and if you do that's pretty unhealthy and you should probably notify a physician but stuff like that takes time it takes practice it takes habits and creating habits and building a lifestyle that basically supports your habits and what you want to change and what you want to be different. Yeah. And if you feel like you're in the middle, also consider why. Like, are you putting yourself in the middle of situations you have no business being in? I'm a very big cheerleader for knowing your role. And I, you know, if it's not your place, then remove yourself. Um, And don't be offended by it. Just realize, you know, you're not the biological parent here, you know, or you are the biological parent here and you have every right. You know, it's just kind of one of those things that you need to really um, see if you have cause to feel that way. Because a lot of times we talk ourselves into things that are so unreasonable and so unfair to yourself even, right? Yeah, and it's just, you're just taking on so much more burden than you really need to. People get so caught up in drama, and everyone thinks of drama as outside of the household, but so much of it starts within your household. Most of it. Yeah. So? So parents, you feel stuck in between, you know, use your spouses, or, you know, you shouldn't have to be alone, stuck in between your kids and your stepkids. You should really be talking with your spouse and feeling like you have a partner, there with you in the trenches and if you don't I would invite you to look at your marriage and strengthen your relationship and figure out how to not feel isolated alone and stuck in between Um, and I would just remind all the kids you love them
Yeah. And keep that line of communication open. You have more? I do. All right, let's keep going. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Well, I have to do this really She's quick. burning up her hour. I know. What to do when the other high conflict bio parent refuses to follow court orders. Ooh. So, um, Well, you know what? Court orders are there for a reason. Court orders are there because they've been ordered by a court. And if you have issues and the other parent isn't following them, you can always take them back to court. Which and is run up those legal bills. Not fun. No. Not fun. So What's like things like, you know, not using the co-parenting app, not participating in therapy, not participating in co-parenting not classes. Not using Venmo. Yeah. When, you know, what can you as the functioning parent do? Well, all you can do is control yourself and be the antithesis of what is wrong. So if you are able to fall, like lay your head at, at night on your pillow and know you've done everything, that should be peace in mind enough. Um do the right thing, and it's just hard because children will see eventually the other parent not following what they're supposed to. And if you have to go back to court, you have to go back to court, But that's why it's so important to always do the right thing. Like, really, again, seeing all sides of the story and doing the right thing, being like, hey, you know, what's going on here? Am I being selfish? Am I being unreasonable? Am I doing this out of spite or, you know... Try to be the best person that you can, especially when you're dealing with your kids, because like Julie just said, your kids will eventually see the other side of it. They're going to see, they're going to see both sides and they're going to make their own judgment on it, you know? And really at the end of the day, you want the kids to come out with a judgment of like, oh, my mom did really great and my dad did really great and I'm just a happy person. It's not about winning. When it comes down to your kids, it's not a battle with the, with your ex that you need to win. Like, at the end of the day, you want your kids to win, and that means that you guys both pulled your own weight, you did good, and you raised good humans. Yeah, when one parent doesn't do that, all you can do, unless you're willing just to fight it out in court, is do right. Don't fall into the trap of, well, they're not going, so I'm not going to go. But even if you win in court, you still doesn't necessarily mean that you win in life. Your kids are going to see that. They are going to judge that and be like, man... My mom was real unreasonable and took my dad to the ringer and like totally screwed up his life. You know, like your kids are going to see this years down the road. It's not going to be right away. Yeah. This is about when they're adults. Yeah. So how do you maintain sanity when you're always doing the right thing and right by your kids and you have to turn over custody 50% of the time for somebody who's not following court orders, who's high conflict co-parenting and not doing right by the kids. You know, that that's a very that's a very hard situation. Yeah, you win within yourself. You win by being at peace. You win by like, okay, this is why we're not together. You justify it within yourself. You don't win it by gaining more followers on social media or having more money in a in a more exciting lifestyle or even hurting your kids or hurting your kids or hurting your ex. Yeah. You win within yourself. Like, man, I did the best I could. Yeah. A lot of parents will point out their other parents shortcomings. And you know that, um, uh, that's really, that's a tough one because they feel like I feel better because look at everything your mom or your dad's not doing for you. And I am. And, that gets into a very it, 
It just hurts the kids. And that seems counterintuitive because you feel like all you're trying to do is tell them the truth, right? You're truth telling. And I think your lives speak for themselves. And so, you know, stay physically active, maintain sanity through prayer, reading the Bible, doing the right thing. I think doing the right thing brings a lot of peace. Um, and then having a support system, you know, when you're choosing somebody to be a stepmother or father to your kids too, having that person support doing the right things for your kids as well. Um, and if it's really, if things are detrimental to your children, then you need to maybe seek custody for your kids full time. I like it. Yeah. All right. So guess what time it is? <laughs> it's that time to talk forever to on go this. leave comments and subscribes and likes. And if you guys are watching on YouTube, there's a thumbs up button right. Well, I guess it's right over here now. Huh? Um, but yeah, uh, comment. Let us know what you guys are thinking. Let us know what you guys need help on. Let us know what we're right and what we're wrong on. And if you have any more input on anything that we've touched on, because like we've said before, we're not professionals. We're just learning this stuff as we go and all the help helps. Yeah. We're hoping to start conversations that you finish in your own homes. Truly. You guys figure out what's best for your families. Speaking of finishing conversations in your own homes. We're going to do that. (laughs) Thank you guys for watching, watching, listening, and tuning in. And we will see you guys and talk to you guys next week. Nope. No? Oh, just kidding. It's Thanksgiving. We're going to do something happy special for you. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah, have a happy Thanksgiving. And we'll, we'll do something next week for everyone. It won't be Thursday, or it might. You'll have to figure out. All of us on social media. Are we recording and we'll tell anymore? You. Yeah, we are. Oh. <laughs> Bye, you guys. <laughs> Smooth. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.